This is the Oasis Church Podcast. We're located in Athens, Ohio, and we use this podcast feed to primarily post the messages from our Sunday morning church gatherings. If you enjoy this message or if you'd like to know more about Oasis Church, please reach out to us at oasisathens at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We look forward to hearing from you, and we hope that you enjoy this message from Oasis Church in Athens, Ohio. We have been um, studying the gospel, or uh, the you know, First John, not the Gospel of John, although it's the same author. And I actually, as I was thinking about and preparing First John for this, for this you know, in the series to stay in that series. Um, I really like what it has to say. I really like where it goes. But there was something else that was on my heart. There was a passage of scripture that was on my heart that was, um, I think, there for a reason. And it was, it's, a, it's a passage of scripture that I have talked about before. And it's, it's one that is extremely encouraging to me. And so I, I just went with that. And we're, we fleshed this out a little bit. And I want to read it with you. So if you have a Bible with you, Open to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and we're going to be in verses 14 through 16, or I'm sorry, 16 through 18 primarily, okay? So 16 through 18 will be primarily where we are, but the entire section here from verse 7 is really relevant in, in terms of the context of this, and I'm going, to, I'm going to bring some of that context into it here later. But we're just going to start right off and, and read what this says, because I love the way verse 16 begins. So we do not lose heart. I think that's the title of today. Do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, they're temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. As, as I think about these verses Paul here, I think, claims to have found a secret of an experience that virtually I think everyone in the world wants to have. And it's an amazing claim, I mean, for him to say this. And what I'm referring to is verse 16. And the, the experience that I'm referring to is the experience of not losing heart, but being renewed day by day. Verse 16 says, we do not lose heart, Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. So when you think about this very idea, he's expressing something here in a, in, in a negative way and in a positive way. I'm going I'm to do some grammar today. I used to teach grammar out at Eastern High School before I switched, few, switched jobs a few times. But, but I love the, the words. I, I think words are important. And so we're going to really break down some words from the scripture today. And, and we're going to do this because it's something that I believe you can do as well. And I believe that you do do this on your own. I think I know that many of you do this. But 
there's a negative way of expressing this experience in a positive way. So in a negative way, with negative, when I, I guess with, with a negative word, the word don't is a negative word. Like when I'm coaching, I don't like to say to someone, don't do something. Because in your brain, you have a really difficult time processing the word don't, and we think in images. And so when you, when you think in imagery and visualization, and you tell someone don't do something, like for example, don't strike out this at bat. During this at bat, don't strike out. Well, what happens is your brain, because we think in pictures and in movies inside our brain, we, we have a hard time processing that idea of don't strike out. And so what happens is we go to the plate and all we think about is striking out, strike out, strike out, strike out. And so I always tell people, try not to use that kind of language when you're coaching. Instead, speak to people in positive terms, like tell them what you want them to do instead of what you don't want them to do. Instead, you know, instead of trying to tell them what you don't want them to do. And so what Paul does here is he tells us something that we don't want to do. That, that doesn't happen to us. And then he says, in a positive way, the reason why it doesn't happen. He says, so in the negative way, he says, we don't lose heart. So we don't lose heart. But positively, he says, our inner self is being renewed day by day. I love that, day by day. And I believe in a sense, I really, be, I really do believe this. Even though I know it's, I, many of you probably met people or you, you, you read things that people post or whatever and you, in the world that we're living in today it seems, seems really strange you might think well no I think there are actually people like this but I really truly in my heart of hearts believe that virtually everyone in the world wants what Paul has found here wants this secret I mean so let's test it like even just us let's test it within ourselves both with the negative and the positive so for example what I mean by that is, let's start with the negative. Did any of you come here today hoping that you might lose heart? <laughs> I mean, did you come here today like longing and aching that we might sing something or that I might preach something that would make you just totally lose heart, right? Just, did, did you come here desiring to be discouraged? I don't think people really set out to be discouraged. I think when you open up your social media and you start scrolling through, I don't think you want to be discouraged, but I think you end up being discouraged, right? There has, the world has a funny way of, of doing that to us. And, and so I don't think that anyone really desires to have the breath knocked out of you all the time, to lose all your hope, to lose all your motivation, just have all that stripped away from you, right? And nobody, I would dare say that nobody in the world no place in the world would you find someone who is just really longing to lose heart. I mean, does, I don't think anyone really says, help me be ho hopeless. I don't want to, I want to be completely helpless. I want all of my motivation stripped away. I want to be discouraged. I don't want to, I don't, I want to be discouraged to the point to where I don't feel like going on anymore. I don't think anybody wants that, even though we know it happens. And so what Paul is telling us here is he's, he's and he's telling us the truth and that truth that he's telling us is that he has found a secret of an experience that everyone in the world, I believe, wants to have. And that secret is the secret of not losing heart. Nobody wants to lose heart. I don't think anybody really wants to lose hope. And so test this claim on the other side. Test it positively. I'll say it this way. If I could offer you a way that day by day you could be renewed in your soul with, with all the hope and the strength and the joy that, you can, that your heart can contain, that your heart could be renewed in that way, would any of you say, I don't want that. I don't need that. I, I, I don't want the secret of finding real hope day by day. I don't want the secret of finding real strength 
and real joy every day, day by day. I mean, if you really believe that I had that secret, no one would say they didn't want it. Listen, we have a, an epidemic in our world that is just as bad as any, and that is the suicide rate. I mean, let's be really honest. There are people who want life to be over, and that's because they've tried and tried and tried. They don't think that there is such a secret. They don't know that there's a secret, or at least they don't think it's for them, like it's, it's not for me, like they've lost heart. There are people who have lost heart. They don't think there's any way for them to be renewed in their hope and in their strength and in their joy, and they feel like it's too late. And in fact, I'll say this, if any of you came here today and that's the way you've been feeling a little bit, I'm praying for you. I, as, I, as I prepared this talk, I prayed for you that God would free you from that because it is a lie. The devil is a liar, and he wants to tell you lies, and I pray that today that you'll know the truth, and that truth will set you free. Paul has found this secret, and trust me, Paul is not a liar. He's not a liar. He, he has found a way for you to not lose heart. There is a way for you to be renewed day by day. And so there are two things that I want us to see in verse 16, all right? There are two things that give real, I mean, just incredible realism and credibility to, to Paul's secret of not losing heart. And the first is this, whoa. These are some notes from when I talked at an AIA meeting, fell out of my Bible. All right. So here's what he says. In verse 16, so we don't lose heart. Our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. The first secret is the secret of not losing heart and being renewed day by day. The secret about this is this. It's for the suffering. The secret, it's a strange thing, I know. The secret for not losing heart and for being renewed every single day is a secret that belongs to you when you're suffering, to those who are suffering. If, if those of you who's, who've been with us during some of these studies, we just recently studied the book of Philippians not long ago. And if you remember back when we studied the book of Philippians, we talked about how Paul had said that he had found a secret. He had learned a secret, um, the secret that was related to him having plenty and living in abundance in Philippians 4, uh, 12 and 13, he says, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And he says, in all of those, I can do all things through him who gives me strength, through him who strengthens me. And so there's a secret for not losing heart and being renewed day by day that is, that is found when you are living in plenty and abundance, which is sometimes a harder secret, I think, to learn than perhaps the one that we're talking about today through suffering. Though at the root, I think they're the same secret. But in here, in this verse in 2 Corinthians today, this, the focus is not on plenty and abundance. In here, the focus is we don't lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. We don't lose heart even though that's happening. Even though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. So the secret of not losing heart and being renewed is for those whose outer nature, whose body is wasting away, what does that mean? <laughs> as, as you get to 47, you're going to start to understand what that means, right? The older you get, you'll know what that means. 
But wasting away, the words wasting away is actually used a, a handful of times in the New Testament, about five different times. And I'll give you a little taste of what those words really mean. Back in Luke chapter 12, verse 33, uh, it says this, provide yourselves a treasure. Jesus says, provide yourselves a treasure in the heavens where no moth destroys. So the word destroys is the same as wasting away if you look back in the Greek language. So basically what he's saying is you put away your nice winter coat for the summer and then when you take it back out again when you need it in the winter, it's ruined with holes all in it because moths have eaten it away. So it's been eaten, eaten away. And then in Revelation chapter 8 verse 9, it says a third of the living creatures, it's talking about uh, a vision that, that John had uh, for, the, for the, the future, the end of, of all time. A third of the living creatures in the sea died and a third of the ships were destroyed. That word destroyed there is not talking about being eaten, but it's, it's talking about like a great mountain of burning fire being thrown into the sea and capsizing and consuming thousands of ships. And so it's something that comes from without, from out, out somewhere else. And again in Revelation uh, 11, it talks about the nations raged, but your wrath came, and at the time, for destroying the destroyers of the earth. And so there it's talking about God destroying. One day God will destroy those who destroy the earth. So that's the word that Paul, that same word, let's bring it back to this text. It's the same word that Paul is using here to describe the condition where he doesn't lose heart. That is the word where he's describing the condition where he does not lose heart, but instead he's being renewed day by day, even though that's happening. So we do not lose heart, though our outer self, our body, our brain, our lungs, our liver, our heart, our muscles, our bones are wasting away, being destroyed, being eaten away or being capsized and consumed, being wiped out, yet our inner self is being renewed day by day. Paul has found the secret of not losing heart and experiencing a daily renewal while being destroyed. Paul is being destroyed, and he does not lose heart. Paul is being destroyed, yet he is being renewed day by day. That's the one who is writing this to you. That's who is writing this text today. Not me. I'm not saying this. I haven't, I haven't experienced what Paul has experienced. Paul, the one who has actually experienced this kind of destruction in his life, he's telling you that there is a way, there is a secret to this. And we're going to get to the secret here in a bit. The destruction of the outer man, the body, comes from two sources mainly as we look at Paul's writings. As we look at the writings in the New Testament, we can see that the way that we are destroyed in body is by a, in a couple different ways. Fallen nature and fallen men. I mean, this nature, this world is under a curse since the fall. And so sometimes fallen nature will destroy our body, but sometimes it's fallen men, fallen people. Romans 8 tells us this. Here, I'm going to read that real fast so we can, that way there's at least a text to go with this. Romans 8, 20 through 23 says this. The creation was subjected to futility, and I'm going to skip it, in, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. So even nature, we have a fallen nature all around us. And not only creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. You know, God saves his children, us, in stages. Like it doesn't happen all at once, does it? I mean, you're already forgiven for your sins. You're already justified because of Christ. 
but we're not already free from this thing called corruption. We're not already free from death. We're not already free from, being, from wasting away, from being destroyed. We will waste away. This will happen. We will die. That's happening. Or we will be swept away in a flood, something natural, or struck by lightning, or die of a sickness or a disease, something that's out of your control. That's what I mean by fallen nature. That is happening, and we all know it. It's become very real to us here in recent months. God saves his children in different stages, right? So 2 Corinthians 4, 7, let's go back to that. We have this treasure. In 2 Corinthians 4, that, that section that we're beginning, I said that in context, it's beautiful because in context, if you look back to verse 7, Paul says, we have this treasure, this, this knowing God. We have it in, he calls it a jar of clay. We have this treasure in jars of clay. So that's the first force that's destroying Paul. It's fallen nature. The other is fallen people. We're fall, we're, we're, I mean, by nature, we have fallen. If nature doesn't kill you, people will, right? If nature doesn't destroy you or cripple you, then there's a good chance that human carelessness can cripple you or human hostility can kill you. A human carelessness in a car accident or human hostility with a bomb can destroy you, right? Look at verse 9. I said verse 7, we have this treasure in jars of clay. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 9 says this, we're persecuted. Who does that? Fallen men, fallen people. But we're not forsaken. We're struck down, but not destroyed. Verse 12, so death is at work in us. So whether it's fallen nature or fallen people, Paul is being destroyed. He's feeling it. He's being struck down, he's wasting away, he's dying. And precisely in that situation, probably more bleak than any of us will ever experience, to be honest, Paul experiences the secret of not losing heart, but being renewed day after day after day. The secret of not, being, not losing heart, but being renewed day by day is a secret that comes in the middle of suffering. That's good news. Which leaves us to the one other thing in verse 16, and that's this. This is really important. The experience of not losing heart, it fades. It doesn't stick around very long. And therefore, it must be renewed day by day. If you're a veteran Christian, you know this from experience. The veterans in the back, or maybe we've had some veteran Christians. Actually, maybe we have some young Christians in the back and veteran Christians in the front. If you're newer in the faith, this is one of the most important things that you need to know, and that is discovering the secret of not losing heart is not an experience that lasts a lifetime. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't just, it's not like you drink once from the fountain of life and that's it. You never have to drink again. The secret is that you never have to look anywhere else for it. You never have to look anywhere else for it. Once you've found it, you know where to go get it. Even though people will go look for it somewhere else, you never have to look for it anywhere else to find that hope and that strength and that joy. But, but you need to understand, be sure that you see this word renewed in verse 16, so we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed 
day by day. Do you see what this means? It means that the refreshing, renewing, strength-giving drink that you took in the morning that kept you from losing heart this morning has to be taken again the next morning or maybe at noon or maybe again at night. Renew means that something runs out. The reason he says it has to be renewed is because it runs out. The bucket leaks. The car runs out of gas. The spiritual metabolism of your life that your life feasts on. It, it feasts on a renewing meal. But then you get hungry again. And you need another one. I think it's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, a, a verse that um, Mark Heflin preached on this past Monday night. Jesus said, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I love that. Its own trouble. Its own wasting away. Its own destruction, right? Its own, its own moths and rusts and persecution and pain and dying. Like each day has its own. Like, like don't, don't focus on tomorrow because today's going to have enough, right? Enough stuff to deal with. And so you, there, you're, you know, the car of your hope and strength and joy is not meant for you to run on yesterday's gas. You got to refill it again today. The metabolism of your spiritual renewal is not meant to run on yesterday's meal. The relief that you felt and that from having taking some spiritual medicine doesn't come from yesterday's dosage. The text says day by day the renewal comes. It has to come day by day. Look, there are no spiritual vaccines that last for 10 years. There are no meals designed by God to carry you for a year or from Easter to Christmas. You need it day by day. There are no gas tanks of your car of faith that's going to never need refueling again. You always need refueled. And so what it says is our inner self is being renewed day by day, which is why the Bible not only said sufficient for the day is its own trouble, but the Bible also says the mercies of the Lord are renewed every morning. That's in Lamentations. So now the stage is set to ask the question, what's the secret? What is the secret of not losing heart but being renewed day by day? How does it happen? Well, there are two kinds of clues. One comes from outside this text and one comes from inside this text. So first we're going to consider the one outside the text. When Paul uses the verb renew, he uses it a lot in all of his writings. So in Colossians chapter 3, he uses the same word. In verses 9 and 10 in Colossians 3, he says, You have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge, there's a key, after the image of its creator. And so the clue in this phrase is, in knowledge. So our inner selves, our new, our new regenerated Christ trusting selves, who we are, are being renewed in knowledge. Okay? So being renewed day by day comes through what we put in our heads. Get this. God has designed the glory of the human being in such a way that the condition of our heart is profoundly influenced by the content we put in our head or by what the mind consciously chooses to focus on. 
I'll say it simply. You will not get renewal knowledge from mainstream news media. It's impossible. It's not even necessary to have that kind of knowledge. Really, think about it. It's not renewal knowledge. You won't get renewal knowledge from reading or listening to what someone else in your social networks is echoing from news media. And it might be necessary to cut these things from your life because they are doing something that, that is the opposite of the secret that you want to find. They are causing you to lose heart. There are people who believe it's their job to bring you this kind of knowledge. And it's not renewal knowledge, it's destructive knowledge. You're not going to get renewal knowledge, to be quite honest, by paying attention to anything that's inside your phone, unless you've got your Bible app open, to be really honest. So here's the key. Knowledge alone, just by itself, without the Holy Spirit applying the knowledge that you're getting, and, and, and with his miraculous clarification, knowledge just will produce something in us called pride. That's what it does. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, this knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. There's a knowledge that you might try to gain that's just going to puff you up. It's going to create more conflict and cause more arguments. And that's where we find ourselves a lot of times in today's world, right? Well, what's it doing? It's a kind of knowledge that is not renewal knowledge. It's puffing us up. But he says love builds up. That's the opposite. So I don't know any Christian who is being renewed day by day. Listen, I don't know any Christian who is being renewed day by day so as not to lose heart who are not actively putting biblical truths into their heads. So in other words, it takes more than knowing to be renewed day by day. It takes a certain kind of knowing. We've got to let this sink in because it's going to have a massive effect on your life every single day. God has designed the glory of you, you, a human being, all human beings in such a way that the condition of our heart is profoundly influenced by the content of our heads, what we consciously focus on. And so the issue that we're talking about today is not losing heart, right? Heart. And our first clue says not losing heart is profoundly connected to not losing truth. Truth. Renewed, renewed strength in the heart is connected with renewal knowledge in the head when that knowledge is truth, truth that you're putting in here. So Paul, Paul uses this word renewed in knowledge, right? Renewed in knowledge. So the second clue, that's the first clue. The second clue is this. It's, it's right inside the text. It points to the same thing. So the head of knowing serves the heart of feeling. All right? The first word in verse 16 is so. Okay? So here's some grammar. We're going we're to dig into this for a second. So it, so is connecting with the knowledge of what went before. Okay? And the first word, uh, so the first word after verse 16 then is for. So we have so being the first word, and then for is connecting knowledge that comes after. So let's just read it. So we do not lose heart. So that's connecting to something before. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For, and then he's talking about what's coming after, for this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory. 
sometimes to make this easier to understand, we got to think of different words that we could use for these words that mean exactly the same thing, but sometimes they clarify it for us. So, for example, what's another word that we could use for so at the beginning of this verse? A lot of times they use the word therefore, right? Therefore. And, and what's another word that you could use for for at the beginning of verse 17? I think we could use because. For, because is another example of this. And you know how these words work, right? We use them every day. We, I mean, I'm hungry, so, or therefore, I'm going to eat, right? I'm going to eat for or because I am hungry. So when the support for an action comes before the action, you use so or therefore, okay? I am hungry, so I'm going to eat. So you're supporting that action that you're about to say. And when the support for your action comes after what you just said, you introduce it with the clause for or because, or you introduce it with the word for or because. I'm going to eat because I am hungry. My hunger is the reason I'm going to eat. So if the reason comes first, you follow it with so or therefore. If the reason comes second, you introduce it with for or because. Now you might be thinking, this is really weird. Why are we doing this? You're wasting time. I'm burning up out here in the sun, Chris. We didn't come here for this, to this in-person service today for a grammar lesson or a logic lesson. What is the point of this? Here's what I have to say about that. Why do you think I exist? I'm talking about me, Chris Stewart. I want to tell you one of the purposes of my existence related to what we're doing here today and what we do every week as a church. Church is not mainly about entertainment. You can get that anywhere. In fact, you can get a lot more exciting entertainment than the church can provide. Church is not mainly about community. You can get community anywhere, really. Many of you do. Teams, clubs, groups, circles of friendships. So what's church about? Here's what church is about. One thing. Making disciples. If we're not making disciples, we should close up shop and call ourselves or call ourselves something else. That's what it's about. And you know how you can tell if you've made a disciple? Here's how you can tell, okay? The people that you work with can detect the becauses and the therefores in the Bible, and they can dig down into those great treasures that it contains until that knowledge explodes with heart-changing power and they're being renewed by their own discoveries day by day by day by day. And they're capable of going 24 weeks without having a single in-person church gathering to fill those needs during a time of pandemic. That's how you can tell. Until that is happening, the church experience is nothing but an entertaining community serving much less than its intended purpose. So the great purpose then for my existence as it relates to preaching and teaching is to deal with the words of the scripture and show us why they're there with the ultimate goal of helping you see it for yourselves because you have to. You have to see it for your, you have, there is no other choice at this moment as a member of this church. You've got to be able to do it. And so I'll say it again. The second clue to the secret of not losing heart but being renewed is that word so at the beginning of verse 16. And it points back to the massive renewing support for the heart in verses 7 through 15. 
And then also the word because at the beginning of verse 17, which points forward to the massive renewing support for the heart in verses 17 and 18 and following. So here's a glimpse of what I mean about those treasures that you can dig up from under the word therefore. Here it is, beginning of verse six, at the beginning of verse 16. So in order to see them, we've got to go backwards, because he says, therefore. So we've got to look before it to see, or he says, so, which also means therefore. So let's look before it to see what he means, what he's talking about. Verse 7, we have this treasure of Christ and his gospel in our weak bodies in jars of clay, so that all of the glory goes to God. That's why it's in, weak, in our weakness we find the secret. Therefore we don't lose heart. So we're going we're gonna to go to verse 16 after every one of these verses. Here we go. Verses 8 and 9. We are afflicted, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Seems weird to say that after that, doesn't it? It fits. Verse 10. We carry in our body the dying of Jesus the life of Jesus is also manifested in our body. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Look at verse 14. God will raise us from the dead with Jesus and bring us into his presence. Therefore, we do not lose heart. And verse 15, through our suffering, grace extends to more and more people. It is for your sakes, so this sake, so that grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. So Paul is really experiencing here a heart-renewing power by filling his mind with these truths on a daily basis. And he's inviting us into the same experience. We are renewed day by day by putting these amazing realities in our minds. Look, why do we know this is true? Because that's how God designed you. God has designed the glory of the human being in such a way that the condition of your heart is directly influenced by the content of your head, what you focus your minds on every day. That is the meaning of therefore in verse 16, and the truths of 7 through 15 really have power to renew the heart in faith and hope and strength and joy because of the secret. And so it's the same way with the word for or because at the beginning of verse 17. For this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, they're temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So the main support in this paragraph of our daily renewal in verse 17 is for, because, because this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. He says, look at these things. Look at this. Don't look at what's right in front of you. Don't focus on those things. Don't focus on the temporary. Don't focus on the momentary because those things will not renew you day by day. So how do you do that, though? How do you see the unseen? You see it through those windows of therefore and because. Because window in verse 17, we don't lose heart. We're being renewed day by day. Why? Because we recognize this is a light and momentary affliction that's preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. It's an unseen reality. You can't see this in the world. It's invisible. The world doesn't see it. In fact, many are blind to it until the Holy Spirit opens the eyes of the hearts of people to see it. It's a promise that something is happening in your suffering 
in your affliction, in your difficulty, in your adversity, something is happening that you cannot see. And that thing that is happening is you can actually be renewed day by day inside of this. You will not lose heart because of that. What a promise. It's an incredible promise. All right. I'll wrap it up then. So this glory, that God is going to show us this eternal weight of glory that he compares to the light and momentary struggles, it's beyond our imagination. 1 Corinthians 2 says, It's what no eye had seen, nor ear heard, nor heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. That's what I'm saying by saying every moment of your difficulty is meaningful. Every moment of your difficulty is meaningful. It has meaning. It's doing something. It's causing something. It's happening. It's bringing about something glorious. You can't see this. You can't see it with your eyes because it's, it's not a temporary thing. Eternal things are things that are unseen. The world can't see it. They think, and you're tempted to think, that your suffering is meaningless. It's not doing any good. I can't see any good coming out of this. And that's what you focus on. If, that's what you feel if you focus on what is seen, what is felt in the moment. To which Paul responds, look to the things that are unseen. The promise of God, nothing in your pain is meaningless. Nothing in your pain is meaningless. It is all preparing it is all working something, producing something. It's producing a weight of glory, a special glory for you, just for you, because of that struggle. When everything in you wants to cry out, meaningless, <laughs> this is all meaning, this is maddening meaningless. And I've cried out that very word a few times over the past few weeks. I admit, just remind yourselves except for one thing. I have looked to the unseen, and in that I see an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And then it takes this meaninglessness, it takes this pointless, irrational time, and it gives me renewal every single day. We're going to pray, and then uh, we're going to sing a song And as we sing this song, uh, we like to use a song like this uh, after, this, after the, uh, the preaching and teaching of the Word as an opportunity for you to take communion and do what Christ said that we ought to do um, as often as we can when we gather together. And so what April and... Kaylee have done, and Allie, have, they've made different trays of communion. There's some over that under that shelter house. There's some on these chairs around. Um, and you can just get up at any time during the, ser- the, the song as we sing this song together and partake in communion. And then there's offering baskets nearby as well if you brought an offering to give today. Um, and um, just check your heart this morning and ask yourself, is it being renewed? My prayer is that it has been renewed today. 
And if that's the case, then all, by, by all means, take communion because there is forgiveness, there is grace that God has provided to you this morning. But understand that just because you take it today, just because you have been renewed this morning, it doesn't mean you're not going to need to be renewed again this afternoon. It does not mean that you're not going to need to be renewed again tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And that's the reason why Paul says day by day.